from Silicon Valley, California. This is Fresh Dialogues. In this week's Fresh Dialogues, we feature part two of our interview with Michael Krasny, the celebrated host of Forum. He talks about his thoughts on environmentalism and why he feels compelled to cover climate change and the urgency to act on his talk show. Michael also talks about how he feels a moral imperative to live more greenly. Michael, thank you for joining me today on Fresh Dialogues. Thank you. You've been host of Forum since 1993 and hold court on a wide range of subjects from environmentalism to politics to poets laureate. How do you prepare, Michael? There's an old saw that you have to do two hours preparation for every hour you're on the air. And for me, it's it's considerably more than that. Um, I'm like a black hole and my producers feed me, the interns feed me, as you know, having been an intern, with information, with links, with sometimes really useful and and thorough pre-interviews and what I do is uh, due diligence I mean I I absorb as much as I can I learn as much as I can more than I probably need I'd like to be as I've said in a couple of occasions the kind of interviewer who just comes in like Larry King and says so tell me about this book or you know so what are you doing about energy or you know this kind of open-ended question so I learn as much as I can you know a show we're doing we were doing a show on energy there was a Berkeley City Council measure that had to do with eventually perhaps mandating houses to lower their energy use and to be more energy efficient, controversial certainly, and at this point kind of embryonic and not entirely uh, developed. But I wanted to learn as much as I could about that. And then we had a couple of energy efficiency experts on, and so you know, I absorbed as much as I could from their websites and from articles that were of recent vintage about not only cost but what's being done and what needs to be done and what ought to be done. Those are always kind of the things I try to survey. Do you simply absorb the information or take copious notes? No, no, no. I take notes. And what I do is uh, then afterward try to figure out some kind of blueprint from the notes or some game plan that'll make sense. But there's the spontaneity too so that Maybe I'll have some questions in mind or some areas that I want to explore, but you know the the here's also something I should have mentioned that I like very much about live radio that's unedited is you never know where it's going to go, and it can go in all kinds of directions. It can go into digressive areas and it can go into kind of minutia footnote areas, and you know that's part of the fun of it too. Talking of spontaneity, today you compared the behavioral change of the environmental movement with joining the AA. Was that something that just came to you? No, I was reading last night and somebody said, boy, you know, to have to change your behavior like this and have community meetings about changing your behavior, you know, just clicked in. This is this is like AA. Sometimes those things uh, happen from prepping the night before. Sometimes they happen spontaneously. Sometimes, you know, they're just a remark that one comes across that somebody else says that you want to put out there. So those kind of analogies are useful. I mean, especially when you can connect dots or make people think, in different, more innovative ways and challenge their intelligence. That's really what we like. This is not the royal we. I think speaking for me and my whole team like to do. Forum has focused quite a bit recently on environmentalism, green gardens, Cousteau, environmental awards. Do you feel a growing imperative to use your platform to spread the word about climate change and an urgency to act? Or are you simply responding to the newsmakers of the day? 
Well, both. Uh, I think it is an important platform, and it's a platform that provides ongoing information about things that people care about, and they do out here especially care deeply and profoundly about the environment, protecting it, conserving it, also issues of climate change and uh, greenhouse gases. Uh, it's not only keeping up with what's going on vis-a-vis, -vis, say, the California legislature and what kind of policies are being made, and, you know, this state has been out in the vanguard in many respects, but also like the show we did today, how people can really diminish the carbon footprint from their own houses and what they can do on a day-to-day -day level. And so, yeah, we, we serve a very important purpose in that way. But we are reactive to the news, and we are very much, we like to think, at least on top of the news and responding to the news. And, you know, we do that pretty well, actually. I mean, I'd, I'd say it's both in answer to your question. Do you feel a moral imperative to live more greenly on a personal level? I do, and I wish I could do it better. I, I drive just a, a Honda, not a hybrid, for example, although that may change. When I've fought through the years with wanting to be a vegetarian, even a vegan, and I do eat a lot more greens now because of diabetes, because all those carbs are high on the glycemic index, and my Olympic-sized sweet tooth has to be kept under wraps. There's a real difficulty in, in me in, in giving up being a carnivore. I mean, I know all the arguments. I mean, I know it's better for the environment. I know I know it'd be better if I rode a bike rather than a car, any kind of car. Uh, I know um, these things deep in my bones, so to speak. Is it hypocritical that I, you know, that I know them and I can't act on them? I don't know. Um, it's something I, I wrestle with. Uh, but I do, you know, the recycling that needs to be done. Uh, I, I, I do um, try to keep the carbon footprint down as much as I can. In fact, here at KQED, we have, you know, a rather remarkable track record on that score. Uh, I'm not responsible for it, but nevertheless, I feel proud of. I don't have solar panels yet, no. Last year, you recommended Tom Friedman's book, Hot, Flat and Crowded, as recommended reading for our new president. Can you tell us why you chose that book? It seemed to me that he was a kind of a local star, you know. Um, I thought, does he really understand, you know, our world? Because... I think Friedman helps us understand just how flat the world is in his perfect metaphor. And I always find Friedman engaging. I always find him on top of ideas that are current. Do you agree with Tom Friedman's premise that the U.S. needs to embrace green energy to get our groove back? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I agree with the premise, just how viable it is and how workable it is. Is you know The, the devil is in the details. But yeah, I, that premise I agree with. Talking government. Gavin Newsom is a regular on your show, and you've also interviewed California's green mayor, Chuck Reed. They're both leading lights in promoting green tech. Any comments on the role of government in promoting alternative energy and clean tech? Well, I think there needs to be, from all that I've learned, um, there needs to be cooperation among those different sectors. What they do in Holland and, and, and other countries like that is exemplary and should be paradigmatic for Americans. They have business interests, environmentalist interests, government interests, actually sit down and look at what they can do to bring about common consensus and to move forward progressively. And, you know, they're doing it. I mean, it's much easier, perhaps, one could argue, in a more homogenous culture like the Netherlands. But nevertheless, it's always seemed to me a very good example of that. And I'm talking about things like city planning and, and smart growth and all of, all of those sorts of things, because it really has to be uh, a coming together. Uh, what I am encouraged by is not only politicians like the two you name and Governor Schwarzenegger and others who have become very green. Of course, 
it's politically smart to be green and it gets votes, but business as well. And you could, you know, take a, a cynical approach and say, well, businesses are green and contribute and become corporate citizens because that's going to enhance their profit margins and, you know, have more money for their stockholders and everything. And that would probably be true. But nevertheless, and I've worked in the corporate sector, as you know, to some degree, and I meet people there who are really genuinely, passionately concerned about the environment and want to be good corporate citizens and want to make a major contribution and do whatever they can to bring down the carbon footprint. There's a lot of hypocrisy out there in both the political and business world, too, and there's still a lot of those who have held back or would like to hold back and who don't exactly see the Green Revolution as anything other than too much government control or too much control specifically of business. Uh, I'm encouraged, though. Uh, on, on environmental issues, I'm, I'm more encouraged than I am on a lot of other things, particularly because I see a lot of young people who people say, oh, young people are so apathetic now and they don't care, but they do about the environment particularly. You were moderator at the Sustainable Silicon Valley Conference last year. Are you heavily involved in this group? That was just a, uh, I've done a number of those things through the years in Silicon Valley, so I'm, I guess, kind of the go-to guy, and people there know who I am because of my role in the public and also because I've done work there uh, in, like, Sustainable Silicon Valley, also for a number of organizations, environmental, and a number of corporations. Uh, Do you think Sustainable Silicon Valley is a good model showing how parties can get together to embrace the green message? Yeah, I think it is. It's, you know, what community work can be all about. All these remarks about community activists and so forth uh, since the Obama work and that's how you build communities, through community work and through interaction and sharing of ideas that can be effective. It can also slog you down, you know. I mean, sometimes it just takes a real leader and a spark plug, you know, to lead the way. Uh, that's what we look to political leaders to be. But we also need that kind of cooperative spirit and community spirit, civic spirit, really, and spirit of citizenship. Michael Krasny, I want to thank you very much for joining me on Fresh Dialogues. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Allison, and best of luck to you. Thank you for listening to Fresh Dialogues. This is Alison Van Diggelen. For more lively interviews with Jack Welch, Guy Kawasaki, and many more leaders, go to freshdialogues.com. With special thanks to Tom Kromkowski and Carol Pecora for technical support, and Kevin McLeod, who wrote and produced our music. Music